Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several of my friends this morning. We've got Mario, the Node Defender, joining us on this beautiful Thursday, Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, and the proud husband of We Know Who, Shelly, good morning. And Jackie, the (laughs) Junior Goliath, is joining us. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing Grayscale added three new cryptocurrencies to their digital large cap fund. We tell you what currencies they chose and why they may be investing in those specific projects. Russia's stacking of gold reserves may have backfired. Is Bitcoin the solution? Facebook slash Meta may introduce centralized digital currencies. And ESPN partnered with Tom Brady to create their first NFT. We also show you a powerful clip from Shark Tank's Mr. Wonderful, also known as Kevin O'Leary, regarding the future of crypto and the impact regulation will play. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So good morning, everybody. I'm super happy to have you. I'd love to do some introductions today. Let's start off with Gonzo. Good morning, Gonzo. How are you doing on this Thursday? Good morning. Uh, Happy to be here today. Uh, I was on the... um uh, live chat yesterday and it, it got a little bit, uh, it, it, it was cool. I love it. I love when we go back and forth with people and we have like, everyone has their own views and opinions. And even on a uh, coach's show with Selman, it got a little bit spicy, you know, but yeah. it's awesome though. Cause it's all about love. It's all about like, you know, expanding our knowledge and we love it when people come on and they all have their different views. And it's awesome that we can, we can talk about something and then maybe have a disagreement and then leave as friends, right? Because that's what it's all about. So yeah, happy to be here. Very excited. And hopefully we get some other great comments today. We love talking to you guys and having some fun. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll go to the Node Defender next. Good morning, Mario. You changed locations today, huh? Yep. I'm in a new location and I may be dropping off at some point during the stream. So I apologize if you guys just see me disappear. But uh, I wanted to come on. And Gonzo, you're so right. Yesterday's chat was on fire. I was loving it. I, I do like to see that banter back and forth as well. It's okay to agree. It's okay to disagree. Everything is love, like you just said. That's awesome. And I want to go to Jackie next because I know she got a new Lamborghini last week, as people saw on Twitter. So, Jackie, how's that Lamborghini? Um, currently not sitting in my driveway, but I manifested <laughs> that it would soon. So we're waiting on that. But I'm wearing my um, my Bull Run shirt, guys. Nice. 3T Academy. Uh, So, yeah, that Lamborghini, I'll be taking a picture of that outside my front door soon enough. That's cool. And it's it's a Bored Ape Lamborghini, right? Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's a good possibility. (laughs) Yeah. That's next year, though. Next year. Make make note, Jackie wore the sweatshirt. The bull run is on. Regardless of what the fear and index says, the (laughs) bull run is on. And it's like Coach JV said in his video this morning, April 15th. We're watching those dates, guys. So we'll hop into our first news for today. We've got the 3T Good Morning Crypto channel here where you get access to all of us. Of course, we've got Jackie up here. But you also have Johnny, Mario, Gonzo, Coach JV. The whole crew is here. Please go and smash that follow button and interact with us on a daily basis. So we actually have some news this morning in the fear and greed index. We are back in fear, people. This is very surprising. Sitting at a 34, 
we're back in that fear range. And it's like we always say, we treat it as a buy and sell. So fear, possible buying opportunity, greed, possible selling opportunity. Gonzo, I'd love to go to you and get some comments on the fear and greed index. What are you thinking about being in fear? Yeah, you know, I think probably has something to do with some of the news that came out yesterday about the Fed and, and moving up interest rates and stuff. But the, the way that I look at it, though, it's funny. I called this out on Tuesday um, was the 47,000 Bitcoin because of Satoshi Nakamoto's birthday. Right. Uh, we yep. went to 47.2 and then we came down. So um, I look at it more as like I kind of knew this was coming. Right. Because uh, a lot of us follow Jordan from Waters Above. He's a, a friend of the channels. And we know that uh, on April 16th, we're going to get a full moon, right? And so on full moons, we usually get microcycle lows, right? Four days yep. before or after. Uh, just like on new moons, we get bullish energy in four days before or after you get bullish energy. So, we're, you know, if you watch the charts uh, like we do, we kind of expected that we were going to get some type of pullback as we go into the 16th. And that's what we're seeing. So, uh, like you said, um, uh when, when you do your own research and you're looking at certain altcoins, uh, when you get a pullback like this, probably a good time to dollar cost average. And these are just standard rates of fluctuation, right? We're still trading within that range of 60 to 30,000, which is where we've been for over 12 months now. So Jackie, I'm not sure if you had any comments before we continue. Um, I mean, I was just, I was just looking at the chart um, while Gonzo was talking. I mean, right now, yeah, like you, like you said, there's nothing too concerning right now. I mean, we've been in this range for the past, gosh, I would say a couple of weeks between like 40 and I mean, we, we have touched a little bit of the 30s below that, but between 40 and 47, and we know that there's a big resistance at that 47 mark. So it's just going to be a waiting game. Yep. And it's exciting to see that even in a poll, even in a bearish pullback, we're still holding that $42,000 range. And hopefully we see more of that going forward. So this morning, we are sitting at almost exactly $2 trillion in global market cap. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 41% dominance, Ethereum just below 20%. Bitcoin is sitting at 43600 So this is a little bit of that bearish momentum we were referring to earlier, but nothing too crazy here. Ethereum, 3200 Solana is at 116 XRP is at $0.78. Cents. Very interesting. If you had told me in 2020 that in April of 2022, we'd be at $0.78, I would have bet the house that wouldn't be the case. But here we are today. We've got Cardano at $1.08, AVAX $85, Kronos is $0.44, cents, Stellar $0.21, cents, and we've got Hedera Hashgraph showing a 2244. So not too much bullish, not too much bearish price action. Everything's pretty standard compared to where we were yesterday. I'd like to go to Gonzo and just hear, what are you watching in the market right now? And is there anything you'd like to mention for our listeners? Uh, you know what? Uh I'm paying attention to is Ethereum, right? When we get these pullbacks right now, just because uh, we talked about this uh, before on the show is we're going to start to see that narrative, right? About Ethereum and the merge. And I think it pretty soon it'll translate to price appreciation. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of those stories with Bloomberg and stuff. But um, I think the closer we get to the summer and the closer we get to the merge happening, um, I, I, I'm super bullish on Ethereum. So Anytime that Ethereum dips down, um, you know, I'm going to be DCAing into it. That's 100%. what I'm saying. Yep. And we've been talking about this for quite a while, the triple halving happening, hopefully sometime around July. When me and Jackie were at the conference last week, the Bitcoin conference in Miami, Jordan Belford had actually mentioned that a lot of his investors, institutions, and hedge fund managers are betting on that triple halving being huge for bullish price action. And they're not only betting on that being huge for Ethereum, they're betting on it being big for a lot of the competitors, such as AVAX and Polkadot. But when you look at this macro time frame here, what I want to point out is that we continue to make higher and higher lows. Even when we had that big dip back in late January, we continue to hold support at this $2,400 range. And then when we dipped again, we held a higher support around $2,500. So for me, I see a lot of positive momentum in Ethereum and I'm continuing to dollar cost average. I'd like to go to Jackie next. Jackie, is there anything you're watching in the market this morning? Um, I'm watching more layer one projects uh just because that's kind of how we see the flow go um right now we have been seeing like ethereum take more dominance over the market which is good that's usually good for all coins but usually you know in in past cycles and things it, it hits those those layer one um projects first and then continues to trickle down so that's kind of what i'm placing my bet on right now is smart contract platforms things like that so like we talked about dot um, AVAX, uh, Adam. That's those, great. Those. Yeah. 
So I'm, the only reason I'm pulling up Decentraland is because I was curious about what we're gonna what we're at this morning because we're gonna talk about this later. We've got J.P. Morgan and Grayscale both investing. Sorry, Grace, J.P. Morgan and HSBC both investing in land within Decentraland. So I was curious about the price action this morning, but that's awesome, Jackie. I'm watching a lot of those layer ones as well. And AVAX has been a great holding for me over the past uh, about four weeks. And Polkadot's another one that I'm really keeping an eye on. So with that being said, we have a very, very interesting video from Bic, from the Bitcoin conference this week in Miami where Kevin O'Leary is talking about the market and what role regulation may play. So we're going to hop right into this clip and then get some comments. We get policies that regulator regulates. That's not a negative thing. The spigots of capital are going to flood into this sector like you've never seen. And so for those of us that can invest in it now, you're getting ahead of what's going to be a huge wave of interest when policy occurs. I predict in the next 10 years, the crypto blockchain, Bitcoin, all of this innovation will be the 12th sector of the S&P. Now, why do I say that? Because Bitcoin is not a coin, it's software. Ethereum is software. Avalanche is software. Helium is software. Solana is software. It's all software. And the smartest hand. What I want to point out before we continue with this clip is how a lot of these billionaires and large hedge fund managers are shifting away from just talking about Bitcoin and Ethereum and moving into a lot of these other large caps like AVAX, Polkadot, Cosmos. And we continue to hear them reference that. So, Gonzo, why do you think that these billionaires are so comfortable talking about this stuff right here and now all at the same time? Because, and you know what, because he's right. Um, when you look at these, you know, you shouldn't look at them as currencies, but they're networks, right? I think, I know Paul talks about this, the network effect, right? And so you're just seeing this um, uh, happen, right? Especially like with, uh, we talked about Avalanche, right? All these layer ones, they're all just basically networks that you can now build other things, other platforms onto, whether it's NFT, whether it's Metaverse, whether it's DeFi, they're all different network systems that you can build on. And the ones that will win are the ones that get the bigger ecosystems or that you build, you're able to build more onto, right? That's why Ethereum has that first person advantage. And that's why people are being so bullish about Ethereum is because as it goes from proof of work to proof of stake, um, I, I think you're going to see an explosion of development on it because now the gas fees um, are, are, are are very, very low, right? And so, um, yeah, uh, all the layer ones like Jackie's talking about um, are, are going to benefit from this. Yeah, and just to give an example of some of those gas fee differences, I actually have a couple of nodes, one running on the Ethereum network and one running on the AVAX network. And when I'm taking profits on AVAX, I'm paying about $12 on average. But when I'm taking profit on my Ethereum it's ridiculous. It can be as high as over. I'm sure Mario can speak to this actually. So I'd love to go to the node defender. Why don't you talk about some of the differences in rates? Yeah, I can definitely talk about that. And a lot of people complain that some of these fees are outrageous. Well, I'm spending probably a thousand dollars a month in, in Ethereum gas fees. So I can definitely wow. talk about, you know, Ethereum gas fees, uh, you know, between, between claims and paying fees and, and, and maintenance and all that and, and transaction conversions uh it's it's outrageous with with ethereum you're 100 correct but i i am transacting as well with phantom and i just i love i love the phantom blockchain i love how how cheap it is there too um avax like you mentioned i've just recently started doing with avax as well and i noticed huge uh polygon i've been doing polygon with some of those horse races that that uh antonio or nft tones has mentioned here on the channel and it's like 0.001 cents for uh, uh, every transaction. So it's great. Yeah. It's That's the awesome. same thing with uh, Binance Smart Chain, right? When I when I claim my rewards on uh, Rainmaker Games, I have an Ethereum one and a, and a Binance Smart Chain one. And like, like he's saying, it could be like 30, 40, sometimes $50 to claim. So I have to wait. But Binance Smart Chain, it's not. It's just like pennies. So you definitely, you, you see these competitors that come in so that's why you, you can start to understand why people are getting so excited about the merge, though. And if Ethereum can do what these other competitors are doing, um, yeah, it's going to be something special. And we'll continue here. Oh, go ahead, Jackie. Sorry, I was just going to ask, do, do any of you know um, what the expected like fee drop amount would be? Um, I, I I don't know exactly. I mean, I, we know that like the production rate of Ethereum is going from like 4.3 to 0.43, which is like almost like a 910x. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But as far as like exact fees, 
I, I haven't read an article that, that has said that. It's supposed to reduce them down, though. I, I think that we're still, I think people are getting confused, though, and they think that, uh, okay, Ethereum is going to go to the merge and then the layer twos will go away. And I don't think that's accurate. I think they're all going to work as one big ecosystem and they're still going to need those other layer twos to combine to still move transactions and do what they do. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be funny if it only like affected it? I don't know, like $10, $20. (laughs) Funny or upsetting? Yeah, I'm saying like, I just, I don't know. That would just be, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not manifesting that guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm you guys can blame Jackie. It's Jackie's fault. Yeah. To the moon, to the moon, as they say. So we yeah. actually have some Hedera hashgraph news. We had someone comment H bar. So this is very interesting to our H barians. That's what they said in their tweet tomorrow on the 8th of April, 2 PM UTC. The moment for liquid staking kicks off on Hedera. You're now going to be able to stake your Hedera Hashgraph within their ecosystem and earn some passive income. So that's very cool. You can currently do this on Ethereum. I'm not sure if we had any comments from Jackie or Gonzo, but I just wanted to bring this to our listeners. No, that's awesome. Staking's awesome. Everyone loves staking. So to bring that, I mean, to bring that to a project um, or a blockchain I mean, everyone's looking to earn some passive income off of there. I know some people that only invest in things that are able to be staked or, you know, be able to provide some type of um, interest on their investment. So that's that's good. That'll provide more um, people looking at, into the project also. Me too. I'm, I'm excited because I'm not currently staking any of my HBAR and I'd love to have the opportunity to put it somewhere safe and sustainable. And because I'm a long-term holder, I'm not planning on taking much profit over the next 12, 24 months. So this could be a great opportunity for someone like me. Yeah. Th- I think this is why it was so important. We talked about this before uh, about how um, they had the HBAR technology was patented and then they open sourced it. And we talked about this, about how uh, we want, you know, HBAR, you want, if you're a holder of HBAR, you want them to develop onto it, right? And so you were starting to see that now. Now as the DeFi comes in, these are other developers that are building on it because they've open sourced it. And so that that was so key w- w- when they did that because you're going to see this more and more on HBAR. I'm looking forward to it. And we know HBAR is already being tested for CBDC banking rails in Africa right now. So hopefully at some point they're actually start applying that technology and we'll get some big price appreciation. That's what I'm waiting for. So Grayscale adjusts crypto assets exposure and diversified funds. So they've added AVAX, Polkadot, and Cosmos to a lot of these major funds. AVAX and Polkadot were added to a fund that also incorporate Bitcoin and Ethereum, as well as six other tokens, and currently have a a total cap holdings of $480 million. So the digital large cap fund has incorporated AVAX and Polkadot, which both currently rank as the 10th and 11th largest cryptocurrencies. The two cryptocurrencies will join Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, Cardano, Chainlink, Uniswap, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. So very exciting, very big pickup here. I'm not surprised with all the big news from billionaires and hedge funds moving into AVAX, Polkadot, and some of these other DeFi projects. It's only a matter of time before we see more and more adoption from the big boys. I'd like to start off with Gonzo. What are some of your thoughts on the big guys starting to buy into this stuff and do it publicly? We talk about like following the money. And this is what you're seeing because Grayscale, what is it, 480 million in assets and stuff. And so when you, if you're new to the space, these are certain things that, you know, you should pay attention to because they have different funds. I think that's what's cool about it, right? Is you have, they have the one fund that's like the Ethereum competitors, which is the Sol, uh, the AVAX, right? And now they're adding, uh, I'm sorry, now they're adding AVAX, AVAX and DOT, but they already had like the Sol and some of the other layer ones. But they also have like DeFi, uh, the DeFi fund, right? Where the article talks about where they had kind of rebalanced and removed this this sushi swap in the synthetics. That's a tongue twister yep. there, sushi swap. <laughs> right. um, so when we say follow the money and you're new to the space and you're trying to figure out like what you should invest in, right? If you're not part of a community like we are, where we're always talking about this kind of stuff, um, pay attention to these kind of things. Look at to see what Grayscale is investing in, and that'll give you a good idea. Do your own research, but at least it gives you a compass of kind of what to follow. Yep. And what I love about this is that a lot of these big hedge funds do long-term thinking, long-term investing. So just because they're flooding in now, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see some bullish price action. But what it does tell me is over the next three or four years, we are going to see more and more large cap, large hedge funds, banks flooding into this technology because they see the potential for growth. 
And so I'd like to mention something about Cosmos before I kick it to Jackie here. So Cosmos was actually added to the fund that we had mentioned on our show two weeks ago, where it's all the projects besides Bitcoin and Ethereum that are potential DeFi competitors, right? They added Cosmos to create, to be about 5% of that fund now. So that was very interesting to see that they're betting pretty large. That's, that's the third largest holding in the fund is about 5%. So I'd like to go to Jackie. Man, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> right? I'd love to hear that because my team has been on this before before even the big guys have. So, And kind of guiding those investments for me and other people within the community, within 3T Academy. I mean, that's amazing, right? Um, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with what you guys said. A lot of people are kind of sitting on the sidelines. I have a lot of friends that are still sitting on the sidelines, kind of wondering what projects to get into. I think we even had a couple of questions in the Academy um, over the past couple of days of people like how wondering how to like vet out projects to know, you know, what are solid holds. And that's what I would say, like, look at anything within, I would say anything within like the top 20, those are, those are solid. They're solid projects, solid, um, investments. And those are all things that all these big players are getting into expanding in their, in their funds and investment whatever's yeah vehicles yeah <laughs> yeah no i totally agree and we heard a lot about it at the conference right that a lot of these people in private rooms are starting to say we shouldn't be betting on ethereum because there's so much there's so much market value in there right now we can bet on a lot of these smaller projects that do the same thing in a better way and only have about one tenth of the market cap gonzo did you have a comment uh no just gonna say uh, you know cosmos it, it's one of probably my most consistent dollar cost averaging strategies like every time i get paid I, I buy some and then I move nice. it over to my Kepler wallet because we've all been talking about it. But um, yeah, it, it's also important to figure out what kind of investor you are and to have an investment thesis so that when you find these projects, you need to know, okay, is this something that I'm doing short term? Am I looking at like, you know, like five, 10 X my money and then get out and then reinvest? Or am I just going to buy and hold? Right. So with these layer ones, if I believe in these networks and this technology, am I just buying these to hold these for the future? So it's really important that you figure out what kind of investor you are at first and then deploy whatever your strategy is, right? But that all starts with knowing what kind of investor. If you're going to buy and sell or you're just going to buy and hold uh, and then, you know, having your exit prices if you're going to be buy and sell. So that's really important. Yes. And we talk about a lot constantly in the academy. One of the most important things that we emphasize is an exit strategy. It's one of the most important things you can do to navigate this market correctly because what happens when you get this price appreciation is everyone gets excited and they're always betting on that additional 10, 20, 30, 50% happening when you should be grateful for the price appreciation we experienced already. It's kind of similar to what happened with Ethereum in November. We were up at 4,000 and everyone's just betting on that bullish momentum, betting on 5,000, betting on 10,000, 8,000 was a common price target. But what I've really realized is that those moments when everyone is betting on that extra 10, 20% is when I need to be taking profits so that I can capitalize correctly within this market. And so we actually have some great news to show you guys. We've got a list of 25 cryptocurrencies that Grayscale is currently looking into. So I just want to say, if you're enjoying this com content, please smash that like button and show us some love. And if you'd like to lo learn more about the 3T Warrior Academy, the best place to do so is down below where you get access to all of us. You get to see what Coach JV is purchasing in his crypto portfolio. We host weekly calls almost every day a week, every single day of the week. So very exciting stuff. And I know that there's so much value there for our listeners. That's the only reason we bring it to you. So we've got this list here of the 25 assets under consideration by Grayscale. So the, the firm is currently evaluating 43 assets, 25 of which they have already confirmed they will be investing in. So Jackie brought up that her friend was having trouble deciding which projects she should get into for the long term. And this can be used as a great indicator to do so. We have Algorand, Axie Infinity, Gala, Decentraland, Cosmos, Engine, a lot of the projects at VeChain, uh, Sandbox. We talk about these projects weekly on our show. And what was really funny, I know Jackie will appreciate this, is that they incorporated the Oasis Network, which is Rose. And Rose is partnered with Meta working on their new project. So Jackie, I'd like to go to you next. Do you have any, does anything stick out to you among this list? And do you have any comments on Rose in particular? Yeah, Rose definitely sticks out to me. I love Rose. Um, it was funny, though. We were at when Abs and I were at that conference just this last weekend. I had asked. We had met a, an extremely smart guy. Shout, shout out to Mike 
Michael Luxick, um, if, if he's ever watching. But <laughs> extremely smart guy. Definitely. He's been in the crypto space for, you know, I think he said nine to 10 years. And I asked him, I asked him about Oasis Network, what he thought of it. And he's like, yeah, I don't really, he's like, I don't really like it. But I like it. I'm going to hold to um, what I said about it. I do think it is uh, a great investment. I think it's a great project. Definitely has a lot more um, room to grow to catch up to these other layer ones like Ethereum, like Cardano, Solana, things like that. Um, but just as you said, Abs, Meta is working with them. And, you know, that kind of, I don't know why people overlook that. That's pretty huge. Um Especially, you know, with Meta getting into, I mean, yeah, it's, they're Meta being the the head of, you know, Facebook, Instagram, things like that. They are kind of dying off, but you know, to survive, they see that they have to go over and you know take over this space, include these things, um, you know, into their tool belt to be able to survive as a as a company. So the fact, you know, they're making smart strategic plays, partnering with. Um, you know, layer ones and things like that. And, and that is kind of a niche that goes right along with what they do. So I don't know. I'm, I'm bullish on Rose guys. That's, that's one that I've been talking yeah. about for a while. And you know what I like interesting Gonzo is that no XRP is on this list. So I'll kick it to you. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I was going to say what, what I like. Uh, it's funny that you, I was going to say that, like I, you don't see XRP there, but what I do like about the list is that it's a good spread, right? You can see yeah. you got some layer ones, you have layer twos. Uh, you even have um, some DeFi. You even have like some disrupt, dis, what they consider disruptive technologies, like the HNT that does all the cell phone stuff. And then with the graph, like basically what they call the, the Google of, um, of cryptocurrencies. So there, and then of course all the metaverse stuff, right? You can see it's kind of metaverse heavy with metaverse projects like um, Axie Infinity, and Sandbox, Sandbox and all even those, Engine right? is a, is a uh, NFT platform where they launch NFTs for metaverse projects. So like tons of metaverse stuff is in here. And what caught my attention yeah. as well is VeChain. We always talk about VeChain. VeChain is going to be huge for solving a lot of the supply chain problems we're dealing with right now. Do you have any thoughts on that, Gonzo? Yeah, I. I you know what? I think... It's like anything else, right? It's an attention thing, right? And we know that the market's run by emotion. Like right now, VeChain is boring, right? Supply, even though we're having supply chain issues, right now that's boring. What's hot and kind of sexy right now is Metaverse, right? Yep. Metaverse or DeFi. So when we talk about investment theses and your strategies, um, I think that, and this is just my opinion, I think that VeChain will have its day, right? And if you're looking at a long-term time horizon in this market, uh, you know, I look at something like VeChain that when it's boring right now and no one's paying attention to it, those are the times that you want to accumulate these. If you believe in it, right? If you believe in what VeChain solves and what it does, then these are the times when no one's paying attention to it is when you want, just like Zillica was, right? Zillica last year was totally boring. No one was talking about it. They talked about Metopolis a little bit and what happened? It was totally boring. The price was in the dumps. And then as they got closer to the conference, we got price appreciation. It went up to 23 cents. And now I think we're down to like 13, 14 but that's what happens. You know, you want to get into these projects when they're bloody or they're boring. And they have about $46 billion worth of assets under management right now. And the, they're leaning into the crypto space more and more, not only by the year, but by the month we're seeing updates, which is so exciting. But what's really interesting is what you pointed out. They took a widespread approach here. They've got DeFi, gaming tokens. They do not have Bitcoin or Ethereum on here, which is very interesting because I'm, I'm going to go out here and guess that they already approved those. They didn't put them on the list. But no XRP, no Stellar. There's not too many banking coins incorporated in this. Does that mean we're a few years away? That could indicate that to me. So I'm very interested to see how this smart money flooding into the market affects us over the next 12 to 24 months. And I'd like to close it off with some comments from Jackie. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, are these... Are these 25 new assets they're adding or is this what they hold? So this oh, is, they're adding these oh, with the addition of 25 assets and then they're still evaluating the ones that are not bold. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so that's that a good list. That is pretty interesting. There isn't a lot of, um, you know, banking coins like we had, like you said. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. I so, think they're just not listing it. <laughs> they're hiding that information. <laughs> there are separate well, funds that, that do incorporate Stellar. I do yeah. know that, but it is interesting that XRP is not on here because none of these institutions are offering access to XRP for obvious reasons. I mean, I would just go as far as to say it's, it's definitely the lawsuit. We saw back in, I believe it was November of 2020, 
that we had institutions or sorry, we had Ripple coming out and saying they were going to IPO on the New York Stock Exchange. And when they did so, everyone was very excited. They offered shares on Link2. They were pre-IPO opportunities. All of a sudden, the lawsuit comes around and all those conversations went away. Yet we actually brought our listeners an article yesterday. They've already done $50 million in pre-IPO stock sales just through Link2, meaning that these are accredited investors buying into what they believe is a successful company at extraordinary prices. I'd like to get some comments from Gonzo, and then we'll hop into our next article. I think that's so awesome. You're probably going to pull up the link to article, right? Because that's something that like Coach brought to the academy, right? So it's not just about cryptocurrency. We talk about this all the time. It, it, you know, It's mindset, health. We have the 120-day challenge. We have all the crypto courses. But it's more than that. You know, We're trying to build something. Right. Like we're, we're all trying to get that financial freedom. And so that's one of the companies that coach brought to us uh, that, and that did a whole presentation so that people that were accredited investors could invest. Right. And, and I think the article talks about that. It talks about Ripple. Uh, what I was going to say on the previous thing, though, was um, we all know because we watched the show yesterday that XRP Jenna said that XRP is the chosen one, but eventually it'll be XLM. I thought yeah. that was really funny because her NSA friend said, yeah. Another NSA drop on the stream, guys. We are going to be watched out. So be wary if you're one of our listeners. The NSA is watching you. So we'll hop into our next article here where Jackie brought up something great talking about Meta. And Meta may introduce tokens and digital currencies lending services to its applications. So what really bothered me is that they're planning on calling this currency Zuckbucks. So not a huge fan of the name. I think they can do better, even though I'm not one to comment on nicknames here. But Meta is reportedly planning to introduce a virtual currency as well as lending services to its applications. Some of the applications it plans on affecting will be Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Messenger potentially being on there. So the potential new digital currency is already being called Zuckbucks by some of the Facebook and Meta employees. And it's going to be a centralized controlled token used within apps similar to an in-game currency. This is not going to be a cryptocurrency that people like us will have the advantage of buying and holding. This is going to be something that basically Facebook is operating as the Federal Reserve in this situation, issuing and controlling their currency there's no surprise here. I wish we had Johnny Crypto on right now because I know he would have some very, very strong comments for what Facebook is doing. They're taking the opposite approach. They're not leaning into the decentralization. They're leaning into a centralization narrative where Facebook gets to profit and Facebook controls everything. So the company exploring non-fungible token integration for Facebook and Instagram as well. Meta is planning to launch their NFT pilot program as early as May of 2022. Two huge updates. I'd like to get comments on the token narrative first. Gonzo, we'll start with you. What do you think about them taking a centralized approach and not allowing people like us to profit off of this? Because they're trying to profit off of it, right? And I could see, uh, you, you can see this kind of coming uh, with, the, with, with Facebook and Instagram, uh, the revenues coming down as people get to more awake and learn about data mining and how they've been profiting off of our data, right? Our personal information and how, you know, the metaverse is basically becoming the, and Web3 is becoming the new internet and it's giving us us back power over our um, information, right? So it's just like, to me, it's just like, it's a, it's a money thing, right? He's seeing how much money can be made with some of these decentralized metaverses and um, coming up with a cryptocurrency that's attached to it to raise money, but he's doing it in a centralized way and the money isn't going to go to the, to the people that invest in the cryptocurrency. It's going to go to them, right? Um, like you said, it's a centralized thing um, to make the money within their own little ecosystem, but they're going to make money off of that, not the people. What I'm curious about is Jackie's stance. Do you believe that Rose is going to play a role in being the rails that their currency runs on? Or do you have any leads in that from that standpoint? Yeah, that's that's definitely something that I've been considering. Um, obviously, Rose deals with um, it is a privacy network. So the fact that they're partnered with Meta, you know, that kind of that kind of ties one and two together just from that privacy data um, scenario that Gonzo was talking about. You know what I mean? So I can definitely see that being a strategic move on their part, using a, using a project like that to be able to, you know, stay in that niche and continue to collect privacy data off of their users. And that's a sad thing. You know, a majority of people that are already in a vast majority, they're already using Facebook, that are already using Instagram, you know, they just have no clue. So once they once they see that Meta's bringing about this new, you know, the new um, 
currency system and they're they're getting with the times you know people are going to get excited and that's how people get tricked into stuff like that because they think that they're on you know that they're on the front end of this groundbreaking thing and now they get to use um the currency with within the apps and things like that and they just are completely blind to you know how that is exactly how they keep you in that bubble keep you in you know keep you under their microscope so it is it is sad but um, you know, it's a good thing that there are people like us that are able to kind of spread it to the masses and I don't know, just help people see what's going on. And we always reiterate, like anyone who's on our channel, coach JV's channel, obviously is, is in the right place to find the correct information. You're looking in the right areas and that should be reassuring to you. You're surrounded by like-minded individuals. And that's the best part about our community is that we never feel alone. We're always reassuring one another. And if one of us steps out of line, we're there to bring each other back in and get each other back into alignment, which is one of the best parts about our group. So I'd love to switch the narrative of this conversation a little bit away from the cryptocurrency standpoint and just talk about what happened with Facebook last year. So the change from Facebook to the name Meta happened following the release of thousands of documents that implied the company was not doing what it claimed regarding moving hate speech and encouraging violence on its platform. So Basically, people stop migrating into Facebook and Instagram, and we're going to see more of more of that going forward. This rebranding was was a pretty big fail, in my opinion. They didn't really rebrand themselves as much as just change their name. We all still identify Meta as Zuckerberg's company. So I'd like to get some comments from the group on, do you trust Facebook, and would you be willing to move into an ecosystem like this? Uh, me personally, no. But I do want to thank them, because what they did was is they pumped our Metaverse bags, right? So people <laughs> yeah. that were already into like Decentraland and Sandbox – people made a lot of money and they were able to take that money and reinvest it into other things. So thank you for doing that. Uh, but do I believe in them or what they're doing? No, no, because it's going to be the same thing, just packaged up differently, right? The whole centralized thing is going to be about them and ma them making the money, not for the people to make the money. And so um, unless they come out with something totally drastic or uh, I doubt it, you know, never say never, but I, I highly doubt it. But like I said, I, I agree with you abs. I, I think the whole meta thing, was rolled out kind of like as a failure, but what it did do is it brought metaverse into the mainstream and it started to get that conversation going. Yeah. And you brought up a great point about them pumping, our, pumping our metaverse bags, but it is funny because when that narrative rolled out, it was really interesting to see how retail reacted. And a lot of people were very contrarian. They weren't willing to just deep dive right into this stuff and say, Oh great. I'm going to dive into the metaverse content. No, they were kind of speculative and they didn't really believe in it. I'd like to get some comments from Jackie. Do you trust Facebook and are you willing to move into their metaverse system, even if you're going to profit? Do I have a Facebook? Do I have an Instagram? <laughs> Do I have your answer, people? <laughs> no, actually, um, I got rid of all of my social media, guys. I do have a small, small Twitter account, but that is only for uh, crypto purposes. But I, I got rid of all that stuff. Um, I, I just don't like it. I don't like the centralization. I don't like you know, kind of the, the mental and emotional aspects that come along with, with stuff like that. But I always, I will say one thing, I always do have like an internal conflict within myself whenever I invest into projects that I know are backed by these big, um, kind of schemey companies. So for example, Rose, I, I just, I love the project, but then when, you know, then when you come across the, a big company behind or a big company like Meta is, um, behind them you get excited because you're like okay there's something here but you're also like shoot i don't like facebook <laughs> so you know what though they're investments right i mean we're right. all trying to find financial freedom and i think the goal is for all of us we, we were talking about this i think it was me and mario maybe it was me and you abs that we're all just trying to come up together and why so that we can help other people so that when people look at us and they see what we did they can kind of copy that and they can find that financial freedom right um, and so that's what we love about, uh, about the Academy is that we're all trying to do it together. Right. And, and that sometimes is different because sometimes people are just looking out for themselves. We're looking out for the group. Right. And it's so and valuable so, to have a bunch of people focusing on one area, but bringing separate perspectives to the same argument. And that's what I think being around you guys has shaped my, my mindset to where I understand that my opinion is not the correct opinion, but it is my opinion. So I'm going to share it with the group and then respond accordingly based on what you guys say. And I'd like to say, guys, if you're enjoying this content, smash that like button and show these guys some love. We've got Gonzo's Twitter link below, but this is the only place you can find Jackie. So you're welcome <laughs> for bringing her to the stream. We've got our next article. It's an NFT-related article. So ESPN and Tom Brady's Autograph Inc., a multi-year NFT deal 
This is huge. It's going to be centered around the documentary called Man in the Arena, focused on Tom Brady, and it's going to drop NFTs incrementally as the season comes out. Very cool stuff. We don't need to deep dive into the real you know, the, the details of this, but what is cool is that ESPN and athletes are comfortable marketing and promoting this stuff and actually using it to their advantage. And there was a great quote in this article where it said the sports industry has largely embraced web three and the NFTs initiative. And a report by PWC even showed that NFTs are the future of digital assets in sports. There's so many opportunities for NFTs to be utilized in this specific frame, whether it's tickets um, access to athletes, collectibles, unique opportunities. There's so much cool stuff you can do with NFTs, which we at our channel view as just digital contracts, right? They just give you the right to something. So I wouldn't focus too much on the image and more about what the NFT actually represents. And this is a great example of that. So I'd like to get one more comment in here before I kick it to the group where it says these NFTs will actually be included with 14 stories that ESPN had written on, on Tom Brady. So one of the u unique advantages to buying these NFTs is that you're going to get access to information that the general public is not, right? So you'll get to buy these stories and then you'll own the rights to those stories about Tom Brady. Very cool. I'll kick it to Gonzo next. What are some of your thoughts? Um, you know, I, I expected this to happen. Like when you look at sports, like sports and NFTs are going to go hand in hand. I think yeah. a big side of it is going to be the collectibles, right? You, you look at the collectible where when it comes to sports uh, and you see how much money it makes, so this was like the next natural evolution, whether it's Dapper Labs with NBA Top Shots, whether it's Tom Brady now with Autograph or um, one of the other companies. Um, this is kind of where the sports world is moving. You can see it last year with um, the Staples Center being renamed to Crypto.com, right? Uh, when you're watching baseball, you could see FTX in the background. So you're going to see this more of the sporting world um, joining with the, you know, the cryptocurrency world. We saw with FIFA as well. We saw right? um, yeah. Pezos partner. Chili's, with... right? Chili's yep. is huge with soccer, right? So you're going to see this more and more. I think this is where um, this relationship is going to grow when it comes to sporting. And it just brings more attention to the NFT space and to the what NFTs are. It's funny because if you read the article, it talks about um, like on Twitter, like ESPN got pushback, right? about they don't even know what nfts are what a non-fungible token is right yeah i think they assume that it's a money grab by espn they don't understand yet and that just goes to show how early we are in the space because people don't understand the value of nfts and how by owning them if you're a collector right or you love tom brady collecting some of these where they would have value if you got them really cheap and then later on sold them to another collector right that loves tom brady um so yeah, I, I think it brings attention to the space and it's a good thing. Here's one of the biggest advantages I see with NFTs is that of course the NFL and NBA are going to come and adopt this stuff. We had a great comment from Mr. Wright here. It says, will NFTs replace baseball and football cards for collecting? Here's my argument for why they will. When you purchase a $1,000 baseball card, for example, when that gets resold for $1,200 right now, the NBA or the NFL or the MLB, they don't get any portion of that transaction. But with this new system, they're going to get a portion of that. So they'll get 2% or 5% kicked back to them. So they're continuing to profit off the resale of their original product. That's my argument for why NFTs will be adopted instead of these traditional collectibles. But I'd like to go to Jackie next. What are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that, Abs. I also agree with the fact that, um, you know, it's on the blockchain. So the the authenticity of a card is then verifiable, correct? Yeah. So, so when people are buying and selling these things and people have to do their due diligence of, you know, trying to figure out if it's legitimate mint, things like that, um, those things will be, you know, one-off easy to just pull up on the blockchain and, and see, you know, who owned the card previously, what, what different features make it valuable, things like that. So I definitely agree with you there. Um, I also kind of have a little bit of a conspiracy theory that this is what pulled Tom Brady back out of retirement. He probably saw the future of this. I bet you, I bet you there's probably something there. Someone probably explained to him what's going on, um, within the crypto space with NFTs, things like that. And I mean, everyone and their dog now are jumping on the NFT train, Starbucks coming out with them. Um, that happened just a couple of days ago. Meta's has theirs coming out in May of this year. And, you know, all these big, all these big athletes, and that's the thing you have to realize as well. Um, you know, when you're a celebrity, when you're an athlete, you know, you're kind of, you're on a time frame, right? You're only relevant for, and I hate to say that, but it's true. You're only relevant for a, a, a 
certain amount of time, yeah, a decade, give or take. Right. Right. So if you can, um, lengthen your, I guess your limelight stage through, through things like this, through being on the front end of bringing out this technology and things like that. Snoop Dogg, genius of a man, because he sees the potential in this. And he is now known as like an NFT guru. You know what I mean? Which I, I still don't even know if he really knows what what's behind it, but I mean, smart guy, right? So definitely a smart guy. And smart. Jackie, if I can add smart. to what you said, you said that the time frame for athletes is so short. And what also is difficult is a lot of these people get famous at 23, 24, and then they're done. Their prime of their life is done by the time they're 32, 34, 35, which is so freaking young to be 35 years old and say, Oh, the best years are behind me. It's a very unique situation. Right. So giving these athletes an opportunity to continue to profit into their forties and fifties. And there's actually a statistic that shows 70%, it's over 70% of NFL football players who retire within 36 months are bankrupt, bankrupt. So not only do they not know how to handle that fame and that at that young age and all this money coming in, but now they're put in a situation where they've done most of their, they're used to making two to $3 million a year. And they have this lifestyle and these expenses that they've become accustomed to, to, to living by. And now that's all gone within the blink of an eye. So this gives these athletes an opportunity to continue to profit even after their playing careers are over. I'd like to go to Gonzo again for some closing comments. Yeah, you know, I think you guys all hit the nail on the head. Um, uh, it's funny about Tom Brady, you know, coming back because of NFTs, right? <laughs> I think he loves to play the game too. But um, yeah, I mean, this is going to open up a whole new market for them, uh, especially for the ones that are like uh, Hall of Flamers or guys that play um, that have a big impact on their sport. This is definitely going to uh, extend their life expectancy as far as being able to make income off the sport that they played in. So you're going to see this more and more. These guys are going to start talking about cryptocurrencies or platforms and NFT projects. They're going to start getting into it more and more. Just like we're going to see this in the music space, we're going to see this in the in the in the sports space. But um, I do have to go, guys. I got to leave early. But I love you guys, uh, and I will see you next week. We love you, Gonzo. So we, we had Mario drop off. Now we had Gonzo drop off. It's just me and Jackie once again. The final so we'll two standing. This, we'll close this thing out. Who's going to last, guys? Put a comment down below. Who's going to last to the end of the stream? I think it's going to be the host, but I'm biased. So we'll hop into it's our next so article, nice. which is actually what we referenced earlier, Jackie. So XRP Army drives bumper sales in Ripper stock despite the SEC probe. So since launching two years ago, tech equity platform Linktu, which is very close with Coach JV, has sold $50 million in private shares of Ripple Labs what I found so interesting about this article is that people, smart, accredited investors were not deterred by what's going on in the lawsuit. And actually, in January of 2020, Brad Garlinghouse said the initial public offering was a natural evolution for the company. But following the lawsuit in December of that same year, the firm said it would wait until it's resolved. But many of the investors on LinkedIn took the opportunity to purchase additional Ripple shares while this was going on. So Jackie, I'll kick it to you. What are some of your thoughts on what's going on here and and do you think that people are right in purchasing Ripple during this time of uncertainty? Oh my gosh. Yeah, these people are awake for sure. Um, yeah. I love I love seeing things like this. XRP Army, man, they are they are solid, they are strong, and they are in the know. Um it people who invest into XRP, it I mean, it says something if you're investing in XRP, right? You you see past everything that's going on with this lawsuit and you actually see the utility of of the project um and you see what's coming for sure so that's i mean i don't i'm not surprised really that their um that their accredited investor percentage went up just because of the fact that i think more people are starting to catch on with what's going on more people are aware um and the fact the fact also that link to you know bless them for for providing this opportunity for accredited investors to kind of get into you know ipos and things like that um, it, it's good, you know, it's good yep. for people of our Academy that are able to get into something like this and benefit off it, you know, and it's not just kept to the small, small percentage of the world that, you know, is in the stock market that's able to just, you know, manipulate and run the show. So super excited for something like this and excited for members of our community too, because JV, like you said, JV is in close contact with link Two. they have partnered and, you know, it's awesome to bring that to the common person that's in this academy. 
Yeah. And you know, what's funny. We actually have a listener here who's in Tampa and she said, bad storms are rolling in soon. I may lose you all. Well, I'm in Tampa too. So if you lose her, you're going to lose me on this stream. So I wouldn't we'll be surprised. The last one. <laughs> Jackie might be the winner. So Jackie, you know how to close this thing off in case I drop off, but we'll hop into another article here, which I thought was very interesting. So Russia has 140 billion of stockpiled gold, but nobody wants to buy it. The fifth largest stockpile of gold in the world belongs to Russia and it's worth nearly $140 billion or 2,300 tons. If it was intended to be some sort of an economic insurance policy against what's taking place right now, but if nobody will trade with Russia, then these stockpiles of gold basically mean nothing. So last week, London's gold market, the most important center for the world of bullion, banned all bars of Russian refineries, effectively shutting it out of global trade. So Russia's got these massive, this massive surplus of reserves, and nobody wants to buy this thing because they're sanctioned. And what's the, what's the downside of being sanctioned? Well, yes, you're forcing Russia to cooperate with you know economies such as China and some people that you know the United States may not love but at the same time we're hindering their ability to keep the war going on so I'd like to get some comments from you Jackie how do you feel about gold basically not being an insurance policy against doing terrible things to other countries man that's pretty wild because everyone you know once once economies go bad everyone runs to gold and silver so to be able to see that no one's buying this um obviously due to do the sanctioning uh, but that that all it it goes to show you too that from a different perspective this is this is what comes to the top of my mind, um, you know value is held by people. People put value to things. So just as and that's why I laugh why everyone says well what is Bitcoin what is Ethereum like those hold no value. Those are going to hold value because when people start to realize um, you know what they do and how how valuable assets are then you know, their focus shifts. We see that throughout history, you know, going from bartering to the next form of economy to the next, you know, so it's just a transition in that way. So this is kind of interesting to see something like that, where, where a value shift is, is kind of taking place. You know, you see less interest in, in a tangible asset like gold and more interest in, in Bitcoin. And that's what I'm excited about, the interest in Bitcoin. And we're seeing more and more use cases being implemented. Like a digital store of value is one thing, but being able to use peer-to-peer -peer transactions without any intermediary necessary is one of the biggest advantages you can sell into the open market. So if I had a thousand pounds of gold in my apartment, it does me no good if I can't even market that I have it. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening here. They're not able to access that gold on the London, the London exchange, which is the largest in, in the world, basically. So any closing comments, Jackie? Um, no, not on that. I, I did have, there was a comment in the chat that I did want to address really quick. It kind of okay. is off topic, goes back to the NFT thing. Cindy H wanted to give you a shout out. Um, she's talking about the step in NFT. This is why I'm bringing it up because I use that NFT. Um, yes, there you go. Yeah, I use that NFT and I'm pretty, uh, I would say I'm decently invested into that NFT, into that platform. Um, and I would say it is a good thing to get in on if you are kind of looking into getting into like play to earn. Um, it is a move to earn NFT, but you can be pretty profitable if you are um, consistent and it is move to earn. I 100 percent um, align with what they do because I, I totally believe in an exercise to stay happy. So and that's what it does. It kind of gets you in, it incentivizes you through their through their token to um, get up, get active and get outside and move. So, yeah, go so for just it. to clarify, you're saying that by walking, they'll pay you money. Yes, by walking, they'll pay you money. And actually, um, I did want to bring that up over when you were at the beginning of the live stream, you were going over the markets um, and what yeah, what price action, things like that. Their community token, um, which is which is GST. Um, that's the step in community token. That's what they pay you in has been uh, on a surge lately. If you look it up. Which one is it, Jackie? I'm it's on here. GST. It's the green right at the top green Satoshi token. Cool. Yep. If you kind wow. of look at that. Yeah. If you look at that price chart, man, that's pretty. So Very bullish. So being, yeah, so being paid out in GST and a price for one token is over $5 right now. So you can essentially, um, just even starting off, I think you can make like 10 to 15 bucks a day. So take a look into that, guys. That's just starting off. Imagine if you're, you know, if you come pretty big into the space. I know people that are making hundreds, 
even even low thousands um, in wow. in the low one thousands. Um, obviously, they're they're highly invested and have multiple shoes, things like that, multiple NFTs of this game. So. So I'm hoping to become one of those whales soon. No. <laughs> I believe in you. You're already an XRPL board ape whale. So I believe that you'll be a stepping whale soon enough. And guys, if you're enjoying this content, please smash that like button. Show me and Jackie some love. And if you'd like to comment in the chat, we still haven't decided what her nickname could be. Right now it's the Junior Goliath, but you know that's pretty weak in my opinion. So we'll continue, <laughs> we'll continue to change it until we find something that sticks. So I want to bring our I need to continue to switch it up so I stay relevant. No. Yeah, literally, <laughs> right? Shout out to Tom Brady. No, just kidding. Love you. Shout out to Tampa Bay. Go Tampa Bay. Um, So we have our next article where HSBC launches a metaverse portfolio for its wealthy Asian clients. This is huge. And I just heard the rain start pouring in the background, guys. So if you hear a little noise, that's what it is. But HSBC has launched a fund to capture investment opportunities in the metaverse for its rich clients in Hong Kong. HSBC said its metaverse discretionary strategy will focus on investing within the metaverse ecosystem across five main segments. So they're doing infrastructure, computing, virtualization, experience and discovery, and then interface. And they have a very great comment here before I kick it to Jackie, where it says, we see many exciting opportunities in this space as companies of different backgrounds and sizes are flocking into the ecosystem. They have the goal of being the largest bank in Asia with assets under management by 2025, and they're starting off by putting $3.5 billion into the cryptocurrency space. So there's going to be some huge moves being made, not only over the next 12 months, but over the next three years. And we're seeing some of the largest banks in the world, such as JP Morgan and HSBC, already getting involved with this stuff. Another important part of this article is that there's two funds in the world, two large cap funds in the world that are investing in Decentraland. That's HSBC and JP Morgan. So those are two huge companies that are going to continue putting money into that ecosystem. And that's one of the reasons I'm comfortable betting on them long-term. What are some of your thoughts, Jackie? Man, after I told that story, I always smile when I see banks getting into uh, things like this, uh, just because, yeah, because of my background with that. (laughs) Um, I love it. It, it, again, you know, go where the, go where the whale money, swim with the whales, you know, see, see what they do, not what they say. JP Morgan, man, that guy. Um, I mean that, you know, that, being, being, I'm one of many banks that, you know, weren't allowing their employees to invest in crypto. And all of a sudden, you know, you find out they're one of the biggest holders. That's just another thing to pay attention to. Metaverse, a lot of people are saying it's kind of just a bubble, but you know, that's, I, I don't believe it. It's not true. You know, these big players getting in on things like that, they definitely hold a lot of um, girth to their investment, obviously. So just yep. follow what they do, guys. That's just watch and and again, like we're betting on it long-term, right? Like by seeing this smart money flood in, we, we're anticipating them holding in and continuing investing to the same mechanisms for the long-term and building not only that liquidity, but use cases and, and actual clients using this product. So to see some of these major banks and institutions betting on mana, which is Decentraland, something I would definitely keep an eye on. So I want to close this episode out with a little bit bullish news here, Jackie. We have Cash App to allow users to receive their paychecks in Bitcoin. So you can receive lightning transactions and round up card payments to Bitcoin. This is huge. Another massive adoption move. I'm going to be accepting my my paychecks in Bitcoin. I just want to let Coach JV know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I, I thought this is, yeah. this is amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is amazing. More more adoption, more utility. So it's it's great to see stuff like this. I know. I think pretty soon, Abs, we are going to have to start negotiating something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say XRP. Actually, I change it. I don't want Bitcoin. Give me some XRP and XLM, and then I'll be a future millionaire. Just give me. I actually, Bitcoin. it's funny. Someone, someone, I think walked into the gym yesterday, um, and when I say gym, I mean our headquarters here in. Yeah. Um, but they they asked. I think it was someone outside. Oh yes, it was someone who just came to visit, and I don't. I'm not sure if they were in the academy or not, but that's what they had asked me. They were like, "So, do you get paid in crypto?" And then I, JV was standing right there, and I looked over at him. I was like, "No, but that's a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> See, guys, we're subconsciously programming JV. We're just gonna slip it in in increments until he's like, "Hey, guys, big surprise for you! Bitcoin as your paycheck." So that's awesome. But Jackie, I'm not sure if you had any closing comments for today, but I'll round us out afterwards. No, um, thanks for having me on. I love coming on. I love, uh, you know, discussing crypto with all of you. I, we're all little nerds in this space and I absolutely yeah. love that. It's fun to just like 
get excited over stuff like this. Um, and thank you to our listeners, our followers. Um, we absolutely love you. We love the questions. We love being able to read. Some of you are so smart. Or, well, all of you are very smart, obviously, being in this um, niche, watching these channels. Um, but I also, you know, a lot of you write some some interesting stuff that I have no clue about either. So that's and that's what we continue to say here um, in, in 3T Academy. You know, it, there's not one of us that knows everything. You know, we all can benefit from each other. And I absolutely love that about this space, too. So thanks, guys. Yeah, we're very happy, always happy to have you, Jackie. And we, we're going to continue to bring our listeners the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics every day. But I'd like to take this moment to just say thank you to our team. I want to say thank you to everyone, starting with Coach JV and Jeremy, as well as the rest of the crew, because it's just been an amazing couple of months here. And being able to do this show with you guys, it makes me so excited. It's pouring rain outside. I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of the day, but I'm happy I got to do this show. And I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. It's fun being a nerd. So ever since I switched to being a nerd, things have gone great. So I'm going to continue being a nerd for you guys. And I want to say I love you. Thank you for listening. And it's like we always say on our channel, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. I miss Johnny K's 